Welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast. This week, it's a bit of a difficult subject because what happens, what can you do when you find that you don't actually like your child? It's hard, isn't it? And it's very hard to admit to, but there are times, I'm sure you've had them, when you probably look at your child and just, ugh, you don't like what they're doing and you don't, and it's hard to tap in to your love for your child which then leads to you responding in increasingly harsher and more disconnected ways and certainly not with play. So this week, we're going to talk about what you can do when you don't like your child. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. difficult thing to admit isn't it that this child who you have grown for nine months inside of you that you have birthed and then you have cared for from this beautiful little baby to now whatever age your child is now it can be a really hard thing to admit yourself in the moment I don't actually like this child right now and I think it's an important thing to talk about because it's often perceived or promoted that we are, you know, of course, we're always in love with our children and, you know, how to help them with manage the different behavior. But we don't actually often talk about what to do when we actually don't like our child. And I think every parent gets to a point at some point that they don't really like their child in that moment. And I remember doing a podcast, uh, a blog post about this, and I got comments in the playground going, oh, that was a really brave thing to admit there, Helena, (laughs) that you didn't like your child that time. And I'm going, yeah, but it's also true. And then people who then came up and spoke to me were going, yeah, I sometimes feel that. And when we don't talk about something, it becomes something shameful, doesn't it? That, well, I should love my child. I should like my child. I should feel this way. I should be blah, 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 blah. And then that makes this whole situation a lot, lot worse. And it can help increase that disconnect that you might be feeling with your child. And It's important that we talk about it and address it. And then when we can do that, then we can do something about it. We can change it. Now, I know what it's like to not like my child all the time. Um, And of course, when we're talking about this, we're coming from an understanding that, of course, you love your child. Of course, you would do anything for your child. We recognize that they're such a gift to us. They bring such joy. They bring huge challenges. But, you know, underlying, we have that belief and understanding that of course we love our children but there are times when we don't always like like them we don't like what they're doing we don't like how they behave they don't like you know how they're treating other people or you or their sibling or whatever it is there's going to be some reason why you don't like your child and I just really want to acknowledge that and say that that's that's really normal thing that you're going to have times when you just don't like them and the problem when we don't like our children is that it then gets harder and harder to help them with the challenging behavior that they're displaying. And it it becomes even harder when we've got this overlay of shame and judgment and um, self-berating that we're not being a good enough mother or parent on top of that. So the more that we then stew in this, it then just makes the whole situation worse. So what is really, really helpful is to confront it head on. And 
the best way of doing that is to have somebody that you can talk freely with. Um, in Hand in Hand and Aware Parenting, we call this a listening partnership. And when I first found out about this, I thought, this is all a bit weird. Why would I say my innermost fears and thoughts to this sort of effect? Mm, there's somebody else that I would really open up to and talk about everything. And over the years, I've come to see how important it is. And to have that safe space where we can freely express ourselves without judgment, without fear of comeback, without fear that it's going to be broadcast to anybody. Um, and to have that safe space where we can talk to somebody freely about how we're feeling and how we're finding things. Now, I find it best to not have it speaking to your partner, because I find that when I speak to my husband about the issues that I have with my children, then it just seems to get worse. And because he's also finding similar challenges and we can get ourselves worked up and then just go, ah, you know, of course, we're justified in our anger towards our child and blah, blah, blah. And then it perhaps leads to both of us feeling um, more angry towards our child. Or it can be that you feel a bit ashamed because, you know, the other partner might not be understanding of why you are reacting in this way. So one thing that Hand in Hand and as we're parenting, as I said, does really well is recognises that as parents, we need support. It's really hard to keep parenting children day in, day out, to deal with their emotions, to respond playfully in those challenging times. It's a hard ask in amongst all the other sort of general keeping them alive, maintenance and um, working and dealing with your own lives as well. There's a lot on our plates. So it's inevitable that things are going to bottle up, things are going to rise up within us that's going to impact the relationship that we have with our children. And the more stressed that we are in our lives in general, the harder we're going to find our children's behavior. The harsher we're then going to react to it because we're going to snap because it's like, oh, this is one more thing I've got to deal with. I can't be bothered to deal with this. I've had enough. I've got all this other stuff going on in the background. And really, this is the straw that broke that comes back. And we lash out verbally or, you know, slam drawers or something, you know, or throw things across the room or whatever it is that you do. It's, it's easier to take it out on our family members, isn't it? Because our closest ones always cop it. So what having a listening partner is, is a very mutual relationship with another parent, ideally a bit outside of your normal friendship group, but it could be a good friend if you wanted it. I like having somebody who's a bit separate to my normal friendship group so I can go there and just say everything I'm feeling. And the reason why this is helpful is because it is mutual. So what you do is you set the time or you allocate a certain amount of time on the phone each week or each fortnight. And then for half of that time, that's the time that you speak and you share exactly what's going on for you. The other person really just listens and holds the space. Sometimes they might ask some questions. Often they might sort of offer... Um, you know, an understanding that they go, oh, I really hear you or whatever it is, you know, just a murmurs to know that you're not alone in that. And then what happens at the end of that time is then it flips over and then you get to listen to the other person. And that is incredibly helpful because not only do you get a chance to work on your feelings, but then you get to hear about somebody else's feelings. And then you realize that you're not alone in many of the feelings and the challenges that you're experiencing. And it just means that you're on a very mutual relationship. There's not a hierarchy of one person having all the answers and the other person sort of scrabbling around in the dark with their kids. It's a very mutual relationship. So 
the reason why this is really powerful is what we need to do a lot of the time is we need to offload our feelings, just like in the same way that we're helping our children to offload their feelings, whether we bring play or we bring a limit and we listen with giggles or we listen to upset feelings. We need to have an outlet for our feelings. You need to have your feelings listened to and in a respectful, helpful way. Because otherwise they're just going to build up and up and up and then you're going to take it out on your beautiful little child. So just to give you an example, my parents have been staying for the last three weeks, which has been really, really lovely. But it's also meant that my attention has been more on my parents and not so much on my children. And that might, you know, has an impact. And so what I was finding sometimes is my kids were then squabbling even more than normal because my attention was elsewhere. So I was getting more and more irritated with, with my children and particularly my oldest child. And I was just getting to this point that I was finding it harder to respond playfully to her when she was being annoying because I was not feeling warm and fuzzy and that I liked her particularly in that moment. And if I had allowed that to carry on, then I would have continued in increasingly harsher ways of dealing with her. I wouldn't have been able to bring the play. And it would have just been in this cycle of just really challenging because of course when we respond in a in a disconnected harsh way then what happens to their behavior it gets worse doesn't it so what i did a few days ago was i chatted with my listening partner now we chat it's meant to be every week but realistically it's not and this time we did because we hadn't spoken for about a month which has meant that my frustrations and everything had 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 time to build up and I had 20 minutes where I could just let rip about how annoying I was finding my child. Um, I could really speak freely about my feelings towards my child. And they weren't pleasant feelings. But the beauty of having a listening partner is knowing that the other person knows that you love your child. And they don't come with judgment. They recognize that when you've got upset feelings, that that impacts how you deal with your child. So you need to have that outlet for those feelings. So I could let rip about how frustrated and angry and ah, everything I was feeling, knowing that my listening partner knew that I actually loved my child and treated her well. So I could work on it. And sometimes when I was in the thick of those feelings about how I just was not liking her at that time and that her behavior was just making me even like her even less. I sort of couldn't see a way out. I was going, how am I going to get, oh, oh, what do I need a magic wand? What do I need to do to fix this? Oh. By the end of the 20 minutes, I had expelled everything that I had been bottling up inside of me for the last month. I could then start to get some clarity about why she was doing the things that she was doing. And I started to calm down. I started to then think clearly again to recognize what she was needing and what I could do. And because I'd had that chance to offload all of my antsy feelings, I found the willingness again to, to like her and to be nice to her and to even move in with some play. And that is one of the most powerful things I've learned as a parent is to honour my feelings too. Because my feelings are important. Your feelings are important. And so if we have this overlay of shoulds or should nots, then that, that makes our feelings even 
more scary sometimes, don't they? Because, you know, I shouldn't be not liking my child. I should just think the sun shines out of her. But there are times when I don't. And by being really honest and having that space with somebody else listening, and this is the power of having somebody else listening to our feelings, just like the power of being with our children when they're upset or they're having their, you know, an, an angry tantrum or to laugh with somebody else is very, very connecting. And so having that space with somebody there holding the space, knowing that I'm a good mum, knowing that I love my children, but to really hear me without judgment, it's incredibly liberating. There's no shame associated to the feelings that I have towards my children, obviously now because I'm sharing it in a podcast with you. But the more honest we can be, the more that we can work through those feelings. Because the other thing is that sometimes we push them away, isn't, don't, don't we? When we find something that's shameful or that we shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be thinking, we then try and distract ourselves from those feelings, which then leads to you know unhelpful behaviour. We might start scrolling on Facebook or overeating or having more wine or whatever it is, or numbing ourselves on TV, whatever it is, by the distracting to get ourselves away from those feelings, thinking if I can just numb out and relax for a while, then I'll be able to re-enter and be a good mum again. And oftentimes that does work. Sometimes, you know, that can really be enough that we just need a bit of a break and then we can go back into things. But if there's something that's been brewing and building up and up and up, in my case, for the last four weeks or so, it's hard. That's off, that's not enough because those feelings are still there. And the more that we can honour those feelings and, as I said, express them, we can then move through those feelings to the other side. We don't need to be scared of our feelings, just like we don't need to be scared of our children's feelings. When our children in the full-on rage and anger... It can seem a bit scary going, oh my God, I don't know what to do with them. This is like, ah. But if we stay with our children and allow them to have those feelings, they will move through the other side and to be the most beautiful, relaxed, gorgeous, cooperative, beautiful selves. Same with you. If you can find that space to, to fully express yourself, you will move through those feelings and you will come out the other side able to find your love for your child again able to think clearly about how to reconnect with them, what they're actually needing, and you'll be able to do it. You will then be able to bring the play because it's hard to bring play when you don't actually like your child <laughs> in that moment, isn't it? Play is the last thing on your mind. And when you're in that stage, that's when you become more punishy, you know, more interested in time out and consequences and threats and shouting and we get into that cycle. So move through your own feelings with the help of somebody else, ideally. Now, you can have it with a hand-in-hand um, -hand instructor, aware parenting instructor such as myself. I do offer consultations and that's a lot of what I do, actually, is just listen to parents. Listen to parents about their fears, their frustrations, their anger, just the, the challenges that they're having because you can figure so much out yourself when you're in a good state of mind to listen and to think clearly. But when we're in the thick of upset feelings ourselves, of that frustration, then we can't think clearly. So if you get that outlet, that's so, so valuable and powerful and will help change your parenting. It helps you become the parent that you want to be. It helps you being able to implement all the cool tools that you hear on my podcast and elsewhere, because you'll be in a much better frame of mind to actually implement them. 
So how do you go about getting a listening partner? Because it might be like, oh, this is all a bit weird. So you can come and join my community. Um, I'll often post about how to, does anybody else want a listening partnership within my groups that I run, my online programs? That's a big, a big core part of it. Or else you can reach out to a friend, particularly a friend who understands this approach of parenting, who is uh, willing to be comfortable about your children's feelings. It's then the next step is then becoming more comfortable about your own feelings or somebody who who you know has done some personal development work and is more comfortable with their feelings and then how to apply that to their children. Find somebody who, as I said, is not perhaps in your immediate social circle, who's perhaps a little bit out of it, but who you feel comfortable with and you can say, well, why don't we set up and, and chat to each other every fortnight for an hour every week or every fortnight and have that space. Now, if you want to find out about more of it, come over to my page and I will share more about listening partnerships there. But the concept really is to have somebody who you can speak freely with, uh, without judgment, without fear of shame or blame. And then you can work on what's going on for you because it's your feelings and emotions drive behavior just like with our children, and if your feelings and emotions are overwhelmingly, Arr! then you can't you can't parent the way that you really want to parent. Or it's it was that disconnect and it's false and ah, it just doesn't work. You certainly can't be playful. So honor your feelings and don't overlay the shoulds to them. If you're not liking your child at the moment, there's a really good reason why you're not. And it's our opportunity and our responsibility as adults to look at what's going on for us. Because easy, it's easy to blame our children, isn't it? Well, if only they were not doing this or if only they would do that, then of course everything would be harmonious. But kids are always going to be challenging, aren't they, at times? And so if we can take responsibility for our feelings, have an outlet for them. It might be that you just want to journal. Journaling can be really powerful and let rip. Oh, don't let You can rip it up. You can burn it. You can throw it away afterwards. Nobody needs to read it. You just need to have an outlet for it because that attitude of just pushing on, everything's fine, can lead to burning, uh, breaking point or boiling over, things boiling over. Okay, you get the idea. Your feelings matter just like your children's feelings matter. And everything that I'm talking about in the podcast is how to help our children with their feelings But coupled with that is how to help you with your feelings too. So find ways to help manage your feelings. And when I say manage, it's not about just pushing them down and ignoring them and thinking only beautiful thoughts. It's about honoring and acknowledging your real feelings so that then you can move through them because you will come out the other side and you will then find the play. You will find the love. You will find the compassion and the gentleness and the flexibility with your children, which is what you've been wanting once you've helped on your own feelings. All right. I hope that's helpful. If you do want to have a consultation with me, this is exactly what we go through, as well as offering tips and strategies, obviously, but also look out who else can you talk to freely and openly to move through your upset feelings so that you can really tap into the beautiful, overwhelming love that you do have for your gorgeous children. All right. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. 
You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. 